Hello everyone, I'm Simon Ford of Forge Gin. Martinis, gin and tonics, Negronis, great classic cocktails is what I'm about. But I also love to hear of great recipes from great bartenders from around the world, which is why we've partnered with Beyond the Drink for this season. Cheers. Well, you just heard from the man himself, Simon Ford, and this season of Beyond the Drink is presented by Ford's Gin. I'm Cappy, and this is a segment where some of the best bartenders in the country explain the stories and recipes behind their favorite drinks. To get the recipe from this episode, check out the episode notes in your podcast player or go to beyondtheplatepodcast.com. Beyond the Drink is a production of Beyond the Plate. This episode is made possible to help our friends at Folk Salt. Yet another bartender using salt, everybody. I've said it in some past episodes, and I'll say it again. Why not? If you have a great quality salt like Folk Salt, don't look past the wonderful world of cocktails. We're probably used to using salt in something like a margarita, but today we have a bartender from our Beyond the Drink series that's using salt as a component in their cocktail. They're actually making something they call a seawater solution for their cocktail. Pretty brilliant, if you ask me. So keep listening to this episode to hear how and why she makes a seawater solution. I'm excited to share more about Falk Salt. They've been Sweden's premier salt manufacturer for over 190 years. 190 years. That's a long time. They produce beautiful 100% natural Mediterranean sea salt flakes. You almost do not want to eat this. It's so beautiful. By the way... Yes, we're talking cocktails today, but tomatoes, finishing steak, pork, fish, chicken, the list goes on and on and on. Anyhow, if you cannot find it in your local grocery store, it is available on Amazon. To learn more about Falk Salt and all of their different flavors, go to FalkSaltUSA.com. That's F-A-L-K-S-A-L-T-U-S-A.com. And follow them on social media at FalkSaltUSA. Falk Salt, we thank you. All right, everyone, for this episode, we're talking with Sade Stamps out of Oakland, California. You can find her on Instagram at Say Sweetwater. That's at S-A-Y-S-W-E-E-T-W-A-T-E-R. Sade is going to walk us through a drink that I'm guessing bears a story. It's called Nothing Nice. Please enjoy this episode as we go beyond the drink with Sade Stamps. Hi, Sade. I guess there's only one place to start here. And that would be with the cocktail. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. How you doing? I'm good. How are you doing? Good. Thanks for being here. Nothing nice. What's the story? Honestly, um, the, the recipe itself was really easy to, you know, conceive. I love forged gin. But the name, that's always like the thing. Sometimes you start with the name. Sometimes you end with the name, whatever. I typically end with the name. And the name really came from feeling a little overwhelmed with like the way that people are dining, you know, like in this whole COVID thing. And, you know, as the beverage director, I... I feel like I, I might, you know, use this to my advantage a little bit, but I really try to empower my team to just like kind of level out balance, you know, like always offer like great service, you know what I mean? But like someone like, you know, yelling in your face about their margarita being too sweet with their mask off, like, you know, it's like how, like, how do we, how do, how do we move on from that? So Give that great service, but you know, like just know, <laughs> just know that you don't have to like accept all the pieces. I, I feel like the, the, the terrain of dining is a lot different 
these days. And we deserve to feel good just as much as, as our guests want to feel good and, and have that level of escapism, you know? So yeah, nothing nice came from that. <laughs> Got it. Take us through this delicious sounding cocktail. Wonderful. So the cocktail itself, it's a mix between a Trinidad Sour and a Last Word. The Last Word being my personal favorite cocktail. So with the Trinidad Sour, I'm using like a nice half ounce of Angostura bitters. So it has like a really, really nice balance. So with the forged gin, of course, I love all of the notes of forged gin. It is an amazing, amazing uh, cocktail gin. I'm using an ounce and a half of that. I'm also using a half ounce of mezcal to offer a little bit of smoke. So a nice smoky mezcal will be good with this one. 0.75 ounces of lime juice to offer some acidity, of course. That nice half ounce of Angostura, as I mentioned. And to give it give it a little bit more brightness and a little, little bit of fruity notes, I'm using a quarter ounce of peach liqueur. And to balance it all out, I love to season my cocktails. <laughs> I'm using a couple of drops of a seawater solution and I'm using salt in that and just water to make that. And uh, as it pertains to building, you're going to build all that together. We're going to add a nice thick slice, a nice thick orange peel as we shake with ice. Double strain, give it a nice, nice uh, manicured orange peel and enjoy. I love it. I love it. All right. Take us through seawater solution. I love how you used air quotes with seasoning your cocktail, which is brilliant because I'm a chef by trade. So for me, I love I love cocktails. And for me, I always hear like the bitters are kind of that, that seasoning that takes it to another level. But I think this is so smart. Take us through, and it's pretty simple, but tell us about like that seawater solution. Yeah. So in this one, I'm using a Maldon salt. I use a like half smoked and just half regular. And I just mix that with some hot water. You can even use, you know, room temperature water. The salt is going to dissolve either way. It keeps for a while. Um, but using it in the cocktails, I, I, I find sometimes like I've added so many things. Like sometimes you just need that one thing. Even when you subtract something, you add something else in its place. And, you know, salt is kind of that thing for me. The smallest, the smallest. And just like in food, you know, like the smallest bit of salt can really change the whole situation. It can push some things into the corner and bring some other things out. So I personally really love using salt. Mezcal does that for me too. And overproof rum does it for me too sometimes. But using the salt specifically, it's it, it's a thing. So salting or seasoning your cocktails, however you want to, you know, but that little bit of salt just, it, it does it for me. Yeah. And I know Malden is like a coarser, beautiful, flaky salt. But if someone doesn't have that, can they use kosher salt or yeah. another salt? Yeah. And the objective is mainly to dissolve it in the water. So you have this, as you said, salty solution. Yeah. Yeah. It goes a long way, lasts for a long time. But I, I find, you know, cocktails to be such a personal experience. You know, of course, you're not going to drink something that doesn't really settle right with you. So I really think using whatever you have on hand, whatever you just really like to use is always great. So I have another question. You have a half ounce of Angostura bitters, which correct me if I'm wrong, it sounds like a lot. Mm -hmm. Like for a typical, like typically you see a couple of drops or a few shakes or something like that. So talk to me about your use of bitters. Well, the, the Trinidad Sour uses a hefty amount of Angostura bitters. It is a phenomenal sour cocktail. Super simple, very delicious. And I tend to use a lot of bitters. If you look through any of the bar books that I've like added recipes to, it's like 12 dashes of bitters or like, you know, something like that. But 
I just find that sometimes just my personal palette, as well as the feedback that I get from customers when I make them, you know, dealer's choice one-offs, I find that like that hefty amount of bitters really adds to, really adds a really nice balance to it. Angostura liqueur has some added sugar in it. So sometimes I don't want that sweetness or I really might just want to dry my cocktail out. You know, if I'm taking like a mildly sweet approach, adding that hefty amount of bitters really dries it out and it makes the sweetness a lot more palatable. Definitely go for it with the bitters, you know, but a a few dashes just, it's not enough for me sometimes. (laughs) And bitters is pretty good for you, isn't it? I mean, it's like, like, yeah, which is awesome. How fantastic. I love it. And then also something interesting I noticed in your technique is you are shaking this, but you're shaking it with, as you mentioned, with like an orange slice or peel or something like that within, which you don't usually see. You, some people muddle, some people, you know, add it on top for garnish, but I like incorporating the, the, the wedge into the shake. Yeah. It, again, also the oils from the orange are going to also add a little bit of dryness to it as well. And I think that the oils from the orange as they're not being like muddled, you know what I mean? But just like gently, gently being brought out um, in the cocktail, they also add to the notes of the gin, you know, um, which is such a beautiful star in the cocktail. So You might use the orange peel for different reasons, but for me in this cocktail, it adds a little bit more dryness and it also gives you this like kind of background note, you know, that you don't totally get from the express on the top because that kind of goes, you know, as you, as you drink those first few sips, you're drinking all that off of the top. So incorporating that, like that, that flavor of the oils throughout the whole cocktail, that's basically what I was going for with that. I wish everyone could see you explaining all of this because it's like, like really telling a story, like with these ingredients in the cocktail, like your hand motions are like getting me excited to drink. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing this cocktail. I do want to touch upon some social impact and giving back for our companion podcast, Beyond the Plate. A lot of chefs and restaurateurs, as you know, they give back in many different ways and uh, bartenders are no different. So we'd love to give you a moment to shed some light on a charitable organization or a cause that you may want to raise awareness for. I will always, always, always talk about this initiative until all moms have housing. But in Oakland, there's an an initiative called Moms for Housing. It started, it has a really beautiful story. Some uh, houseless mothers took up residence in a vacant home and it became a whole thing. And over time, they actually were able to basically win over that home and it is now part of uh, basically a land trust. But their fight did not end with that. It is a continuous mission. As we all know, the rates of homelessness in the world, the US, in Oakland particularly, are outrageous, you know? And when we think about what people, children in particular, should be afforded at minimum, you know? And one of those things is to not have to go through homelessness, you know? To like not have to watch your parent you know, struggle, you know, to provide for you that also that that becomes a part of your conditioning. So Moms for Housing is a wonderful initiative that I will always, always, always fight for. I love it. That's that's great. Thank you for sharing that. So you like to tell stories, as I read, you like to tell stories through libations and the cultures you hold close to heart. Talk to me more about that and where you find your inspiration for cocktails, too. I find a lot of my inspiration through 
a lot of vintage musings, honestly, but also the reflections of the people that are around me. They inspire me so much on a day-to-day basis. And a lot of my personal view of drinking culture comes through a lot of my younger experiences. Just like watching all the joy that people have, you know, when they're able to share food and drink with one another. I, I, I consider myself like, you know, just like a young little like auntie. Like I, I, I mimic these like older women in my life so much with like almost everything that I do. And a lot of the cocktails that I come up with, I, I think about my mom and I think about these beautiful women that raised me and you know, how they like their drinks. So I, I hold that really close. I hold my childhood experiences really close around food and drink. And yeah, the, the communities that I, that I represent, Black womanhood, <laughs> you know, all of the things. You're from D.C.? Yeah. Did you grow up in D.C.? I did. I moved to Oakland about nine years ago. You love it out there? Do I love it out there? Or do I, do I love it D.C. or do I love it Oakland. Oakland? I love Oakland. I always end up back in Oakland, you know? I left Oakland for some time, less than a year, came back. I, I love it. This is my home. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. Very cool. Can we discuss your, the pop-up, Wild Seed? Yeah. So uh, with Wild Seed, Wild Seed is my little antidote to offering people, as I like to call it, I, I offer them a remedy to decolonizing their cocktail. And really, when I think about it, um, I think about a lot of the ingredients that I really, really love, things that people just they're like, why would you put that in a cocktail? And I'm like, but it's delicious, right? You know, so it's that question and just like stepping outside of the norm of what we think, you know, good cocktails are. Stepping outside of the, you know, the, the history of pre and post prohibition. I, I feel like people kind of live in the span, a really small span um, of cocktail making. And I like to dig into cocktails as as remedies and even just a remedy for like a bad day, you know, but like thinking about how some of the simplest things that we'll enjoy on a hot day, like a mojito that started as a medicinal remedy, you know. So I really bring in a lot of the things that I, so I make a lot of tinctures, drams, syrups, all those things, you know, and as as you just mentioned with bitters, you know, it started as a medicinal remedy. So just like really picking apart those things and offering people really beautiful cocktails as a result, you know, and allowing them to just think past what we know as the world of making cocktails. Aside from employing myself, I'm employing other Black, Brown, queer, trans people to, you know, have space and to also be able to represent themselves and express themselves through their cocktails too. So a lot of it is educational, but a lot of it also is about the joy of drinking. (laughs) Yeah, that's so cool. We're going to keep an eye on that to see how uh, that continues to evolve in a a fun, positive, educational way. Awesome. Let's do a speed round before we close it out. Name the cocktail that inspired you to get behind the bar. Let me see. Probably Rum Punch. No, I'm not going to lie. Probably Rum Punch. The cocktail that allowed me to be really serious about bartending was a Rum Punch. (laughs) I love a good Rum Punch. Do you remember the first drink that you had on a menu? The first drink that I had on a menu. It was a Boilermaker, a local DC stout with mezcal. That was like the first thing. The first thing. Dive bar days. Dive bar days. (laughs) The last cocktail you made at home. Last cocktail I made at home. Spritz. A spritz. Do you put Prosecco in your spritz or just bubbly water? I do both. Name a smell behind the bar you love. A smell behind the bar that I love? Um, expressed citrus, for sure. Name a smell behind the bar you hate. 
dairy. One cocktail every home bartender should have in their repertoire. Definitely a good margarita. Like your own personal like margarita recipe, you know? Sade. This was fun. I wish we could do like 10 more of these. This cocktail sounds amazing. I love all the work you do. I'm going to keep following Wild Seed. Hope to get out to Oakland one time. Hopefully soon. Thank you. Thank you for spending some of the afternoon with us. Thank you. This was fun. To get the recipe from this episode, check out the episode notes in your podcast player or go to beyondtheplaypodcast.com. This episode was produced by myself along with Ian Cohen, Joe Yetton, and Sean Petrosian. Find me and keep up to date with this podcast across all social media platforms at On Kathy's Plate or go to beyondtheplaypodcast.com. Beyond the Plate is on all the socials at BT Plate Podcast. Please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast on your listening site of choice. Thank you for listening to Beyond the Drink, a production of Beyond the Plate. I'm Kathy.